In the holy name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Uh, if you were to create your own religion, what would it look like? If you were to create your own religion, uh, who would your heroes be? Who would you lift up in there? What would the central tenets of your religion be if you were to create a, a new one? Uh, would you create a complicated religion or would you create a simple religion? Uh, these are the sorts of things that I particularly uh, maybe daydream about. I don't know if everyone does, but, um, you know, I, I think maybe my religion, it would probably look like Scientology or something where you uh, have to pay a bunch of money to get to the next level. And, um, you know, as the priest of that, uh, that religion, it'd be very lucrative for, for me. It'd just be wonderful. But, um, but I don't know. I don't know what your, what your religion, what would it look like? Wh whatever it would be, um, and whatever I would call this religion, I do not think that it would look very much like or sound like Christianity. I don't think there is a whole lot in the Christian religion that people would just come up with on their own because it seems like a good idea to us. I don't know, like some of the stories, maybe. Maybe some of the parts of the Bible, we could have just, you know, come up with those and they're, they're neat stories. But, I mean, overall, the whole thing, uh, who, who would invent this sort of thing? Who would craft this story and, and just build it out of thin air, out of nothing? Would I invent or fabricate a Messiah who is born of an oppressed people? Would I come up with a Messiah who was sent to save people who had really been underdogs and oppressed Slaves even for most of their existence. Would I come up with a people who, by the providence of God even, end up in slavery for generations, being exiles and outcasts? Well, no, I don't think I would. That's not what I would want to teach and to make up. As good Americans, we like victory, we like things like tenacity, we like things like conquering and prosperity. And I don't know if they still do this in schools, but at least I learned about uh, manifest destiny, right? That uh, it was God's will and God's desire for the American people to take possession of the whole entire continent from Atlantic to Pacific, even though there are already a bunch of people there. Now, if you're not careful, patriotism will easily turn into your religion with government monuments as your temples and election cycles as your own uh, church calendar 
And people talk about uh, politics and government with all sorts of religious talk, too. All these things are sacred and, and holy rites and things like this. And that's kind of what we do as humans. We set up our own gods in the place of Jesus. Maybe we even use the name of Jesus or Christianity in general or just God, whoever you determine that to be. We do that in order to validate our own new gods that we came up with. And it is not hard at all to find things in your life that you are absolutely religious about. I know you are. I am too. Before I was a pastor, one of the biggest obstacles was there was a show I liked to watch on Wednesday nights. And if I became a pastor, I didn't know if I would have my Wednesday nights open. I was so religiously devoted uh, to that show. Luckily for me, though, it ended like, right before I was ordained. So I didn't have to worry about that. Isn't that convenient? But you have all these things, too. You do. And you might not set up a whole religion and you might not like write your own catechism and put these things down in writing and, and codify your system of belief. But other people, they may have already done that for you. So in light of all that, consider the continuation of the Christmas story, which we received today. After the Magi, after the wise men uh, leave little baby Jesus there in his manger, after they give him the gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, Herod the king wants to kill him. So he doesn't like send detectives in there and say, find out who this kid is. He just kills all the male children under the age of two. Hmm. Now, we do live in an age in which children are regularly sacrificed for the sake of our own convenience. But this has been happening for a long time. And it's awful. Now, some scholars will tell you that uh, the, the slaughter of the holy innocents in Bethlehem is like not really a big deal because Bethlehem is a small little town and so... It, this may have only been like 10 to 15 children. Uh, artwork, there's just, it's, it, it's gruesome in, in all of the art. But even if it was only a couple children even, to kill all of these children in a town, I mean, that's something that is, is felt and mourned and remembered probably forever. And I know that because we still remember it today. And uh, the story even still brings me sadness to hear of this and to think about Bethlehem and um, all of these families mourning because those are my brothers. St. Peter reminds us, Beloved, do not be surprised. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you 
as though something strange were happening to you. The events that happen may be surprising, but that they happen is not. Uh, we, we had Pastor George Rakos's funeral this week, and in, in the funeral liturgy, there's all these prayers, and they mention events which we just don't understand, things that we don't understand. I'm sitting there kind of thinking like, I mean, yeah, I, I, I do kind of understand this. Uh, death, is, is that surprising? It, it shouldn't be at this point in, in human history. Uh, we're surprised that we get sick and that we die. How is that surprising? But it is, a, it is a miracle and a pure gift that any of us are given one more day uh, to breathe and to walk and to live. Because my own sinfulness, as we confessed earlier, what do I deserve? Well, I deserve punishment, wrath. My own sinfulness drives me into all sorts of suffering. But it's not really suffering, it's consequences for my own sinfulness. I mean, is it suffering if, if my hand hurts because I put my hand on the hot stove? Well, no, that's just natural consequences for my idiotic reactions, for, for doing things that I know I'm not even supposed to do. That's not suffering. The challenge for us, for you, is to make sure that you are suffering not for your own foolish and sinful behavior, but for faithfulness. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Now, if you're insulted because you did something dumb, well, I mean, there's not really a blessing upon that. And in fact, you may deserve whatever uh, ridicule has been leveled against you. So, is the church, are you, Christian people, are you known for Christ or for something else? Are you known for believing and loving Jesus or other things, for social positions that non-Christians can also believe. Uh, people are sometimes frustrated with our church body, with the Luther Church Missouri Synod. You may remain seated. Uh, because we don't speak out enough about various social issues that are coming and going. Um, but I do not think that the church gets anywhere by pontificating about things which are not particularly Christian things. And most of the time, what do we have to say? Love your neighbor. And, and that will do. Love your neighbor. So could you be hated for being too forgiving? 
Yes. Yes, you can. Can you be hated for speaking the truth in love? Yes. Yes, you can. And you do not need to seek these things out because most likely they will find you. And when you are called upon to give witness to Christ, you will. Because we are friends of the holy innocents, the sons of Bethlehem, those who were killed for Jesus. And since then, we have not developed a tactic to avoid these sorts of things. We don't have a strategy for avoiding suffering, but only for remaining Faithful. That is what we teach our kids to do, to be faithful even when things get tough, even when it's difficult to be a Christian. That's why you're here. That's why we repeat the same stuff all the time. You are being trained to follow Jesus by actually following Jesus. And you confess the creed here. Because someone out there will ask you, and then your made-up religion just won't do. Not even mine. So you are baptized into this. So you are fed with this. It is your beginning and your end. It is your birth and your life and your death and your resurrection. That's what we're doing here. So would we? Could we have just made all of this up? Would the martyrs have gone out and suffered willingly for this? It seems hard to believe I mean, for us, because there's like, crosses on everything and popular, famous people wearing crosses all the time. And it's like half the countries in the world have crosses on them. And, and, it, and it seems that Christianity is kind of everywhere and, and, and everyone loves us. And, and even the pagan households adopt our images during, during this season, although uh, they're all uh, on the curb by now. Um, they forget about the 12 whole days of Christmas. And children, I hope you're holding your parents to the 12 days of Christmas. But I mean, there's been all these times in the history of the world where Christianity is, is actually persecuted um, simply for the name of Jesus Christ. There's been all these times in the history of the world where all you have to do is turn on Jesus. You don't even have to like, really do anything. They've got you there at the end of a gun or uh, with a, a knife to your throat. Spit on his image or burn some incense to the emperor. And there's a crazy thing that happens. These people, when asked to do so, to say no, instead they die with the name of Jesus on their lips. From the very first generation. Would I die for something 
that I made up? Would I die for something that someone else made up? Would you? Don't follow your own personally handcrafted religions. Don't do it. There is one who is worth following. And there's one who is given to us from outside of us. And he comes to us poor and vulnerable. He comes to us fleeing those who seek his life. He comes to us and even his parents are afraid. But God really does take care of his children. And he really does take care of you no matter what may come your way. So be faithful and glorify God in the name of your baptism and rejoice in whatever comes your way. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.